Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Right now, I want to talk about something a little closer to home. Uh, the city of Hamilton is uh, trying to change its port zoning rules to exert more control over waste processing plants or any other things that they have some concerns about that are uh, being proposed and in some cases already moving forward uh, on port lands down there. And that's an interesting definition. We'll get into that in a couple of seconds. Chad Collins is the uh, city councilor for Ward 5 uh, over in the east end of uh, our shoreline, and uh, he joins us to talk about some of those concerns. Chad, thanks for the time. Good to have you with us today. Thanks for having me on, Bill. Maybe right off the top, just to set the uh, the record for the, our listeners, when we talk about port lands, uh, and, and that's an awful lot of the work that uh, that's going on right now, uh, maybe I define that exactly what that is and what we're dealing with. Well, port lands in particular essentially includes the entire shoreline around the harbor area. And, and that also includes, in a very technical way, the recreational areas that we, we see around Bayfront Park and Pier 4 Park all the way over to the uh, high-level bridge. And, and then that extends easterly all the way over to Eastport until we hit the canal area, and then we're into the, the municipality of Burlington. And so it's a very, very large geographic area that encompasses a lot of land uses, the recreation that I noted, of course, dominant, dominated by industry along much of the shoreline. And then we have some natural areas in there with the Sherman Inlet and, of course, Windermere Basin, which is part of today's report, and extending through again to a different kind of industrial along Eastport Drive. Now, the city some years ago actually decided on a policy, and I'm going to make this very simple, Chad, just for the sake mm-hmm. of, of the discussion. Essentially, yeah. the East Harbor is, is where there's going to be a lot of industry. The West Harbor is where there's going to be recreational and, and hopefully some residential, as we've talked about. But mm-hmm. but there, there is a definite plan that's in place. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a recreational master plan. You've covered that extensively in the West Harbor in terms of new condominiums and the lands we inherited through the legal sentiment with the former Harbor Commission and, and our, our recreational improvements and even some commercial improvements there with the extension of the Williams and, and other shops and businesses that we're going to see in the next five to ten years in that area. And then, of course, on the other side, there's there's almost a dividing line when you pass the uh, HMCS Star, the uh, where the Haida, most people would be familiar where the Haida is parked along the shoreline there. That's where you start to get into that buffer area between the recreation and industry. And then just after that property there on Pier 10, we're, we're really into the heart of, of heavy industry. So the city's plans um, in 2013, I requested my colleagues to go through a Bayfront strategy, and that was around the whole issue of, you know, what's after Stelco? We have lands that are, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of acres of lands that are vacant. They're brownfield properties, and the zoning on them is, is, is dated to the mid part of, of the last century. So the question then becomes, well, when we start to see the exodus of some of these industrial giants, um, nothing new to this community in terms of what we witnessed through the 70s, 80s, and up till today, um, what's the plan? What is the plan for those lands? Is it a continued industry? If it is industry, are there rules and regulations placed upon those industries? Because as you know, Bill, that whole area is dominated by K industrial lands, which essentially carry no regulations. I mean, there was just a point a few years ago where there wasn't even a requirement to pave parking lots. And so, you know, there are air quality issues that come with those types of things. And so that the, that direction was provided to staff. We're now funding a study. We have consultation with the community. And, and, um, and part of that plan is to look at the zoning in some of those areas, specifically areas in this instance, that are managed by the Port Authority. Well, and let's talk about that, because I guess the elementary question here is who owns the land? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the Port Authority does own a, a large um, amount of land around the port. Um, you know, the Stelco and, and ArcelorMittal properties are distinctly uh, private properties. 
And then there, of course, as you get towards Burlington Street, there are a number of other smaller, small to medium-sized industrial properties that are owned by the private sector. But as you, as you, you know, you get past the Stelco and DeFasco properties, uh, the Port Authority owns hundreds of acres uh, between there and all the way around to, to the lift bridge. And then, of course, on the other side of Stelco and DeFasco, they own lands um, leading up to uh, Pier 10, almost near P- Pier 8. So they're, they're a very uh, large player in the port. They have been for well over 100 years. They manage those port lands under federal legislation. And as you know, Bill, you were part of those negotiations quite some time ago. Yep. We've always had an arm wrestling match with the port in terms of whether or not they, they should follow municipal planning rules. Yeah, because they, they play under a different set of rules. They, I mean, they're, they're, they're under the guise of the federal government as opposed yep. to municipal government. Yeah, much and, like and there's there's where the conflict starts. You got it. Much like railway companies, you know, they march to their own drum, and um, they 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 have their own legislation. They are an arm's length organization of the federal government. They're they're managed through the Canada Marine Act uh, in terms of the legislation that applies to them. That was recently updated in the year 2000, and it really pre- excludes them and precludes them from going through a municipal planning process. So if I can give you an example. A private operator that was to purchase land along Burlington Street who is looking at opening a waste facility or some kind of manufacturing plant may have to go through a rezoning application if they buy land that, um, that, that their use doesn't conform to. They would have to submit a site plan. There would be a public consultation for that kind of a, an application, much like there would be for any other rezoning application. And the public would have an opportunity, as would council and our staff, to, to scrutinize the application to ensure that it's, it, it's within the planning um, rules and regulations that we've established, that their environmental issues are dealt with, and so on. The Port Authority um, works under a different scenario. If it's under the t- clause shipping and navigation, if it has anything to do with their core mandate, which is shipping and navigation, then they're not, uh, they're not required to follow that process. And essentially, there's no opportunity for the public and or council or, or staff to scrutinize the applications or developments that they have. Case in point, the gasification plant that we dealt with just a few short years ago. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.